Welcome to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast for anyone looking to stop letting life get in the way and start crushing bold goals. I'm your host, Sarah Mayer, and I'm thrilled to navigate this journey with you because it's time to start boldly achieving without working double time. So let's dive in. Have you ever set a word for the year and then at the end of the year realize that everything you did that year really manifested because of that word? Well, today we're going to talk to educational innovator and leader, Dr. Victoria Wilson Crane, who has spent her 25-year career working with young people and adults preparing for higher education and employment. She expects a lot of herself and others, and she set some bold personal and professional goals in 2021, which she achieved all tied to her word for the year, exposure. She lives in South Yorkshire, England with her author husband, Roger, their daughter, Holly May, and their exuberant, unique, yet typically bonkers, flat-coated retriever, Ted Hastings. I just love this because I have a COVID puppy, Parker, and she also is bonkers. So I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today, Victoria. Can't wait to dive into everything you've achieved last year. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yes, it's so great to talk with you. So tell us, your word for the year last year was exposure. How did you come up with this word? Absolutely. So um, it was probably towards the end of the year before. Um, I'm in a couple of coaching groups um, and we had a conversation around what we might want to focus on for the future. And um, I work in education, as you you say, and I think I've got a little bit to talk about, but I don't often get my voice out there, or at least I didn't. So I started to think about a word that might help me focus on, okay, try to get yourself out there a bit more, try to put yourself forward a bit more. Um, I think I've got the knowledge. Um, When I do talk to people, uh, people seem to be interested. Sometimes I lack the confidence, I guess, to to do that. So I just decided that exposure was going to be my word because it would really help me focus on, okay, get yourself out there, put yourself out there. Um, Maybe try things that you haven't tried before, maybe give things a go. And, um, And yeah, so several things that I did last year were really really tied into exposure and it it was just so helpful having that word to come back to and I've actually got it on a bracelet um somebody stamped it into a metal bracelet for me um and I didn't wear it for the entire year but I kept picking it up at several points and I had it hanging on my desk at various points and it was just that little reminder that exposure was what I was trying to do in in everything I was trying to achieve last year. I love it. And that's really a bold goal for many people. They're, they're, they have all the tools and all the skills, but they're afraid to put themselves out there. So tell us a little bit about what you did last year, because you made some very bold moves last year, and I'd love to hear all about them. I do, definitely. So professionally then, um, many of the conferences that I would have previously attended, um, may have been prohibitive because of time and travel and that kind of thing and like many people we had the opportunity to attend many many more things online 
Um, so I took the advantage of um, attending conferences and, and sessions where we were talking academically about the, the, the um, activities with our students. And I presented, I think it was eight or nine papers at conferences last year, which is more than I've ever done in any other year and possibly more than I'd done previously collectively over the last couple of years, to be honest, because there was just so much time previously involved. And also, um, I was a little bit reticent to put myself out there and to, to suggest that I was some kind of authority on, on this, um, on, on the subjects that I was talking about. So I took that uh, first of all, and that was a great experience. And as we all know, once you do something once, you get the bug and you want to do it again. So as time went on, I got bolder and bolder about how I presented at those conferences and was um, a little less scripted and a little more natural. Um, and that again then felt even better. So it spurred me on to do even more. And out of a couple of those, there were some um, conference proceedings. So I submitted papers afterwards that will be published. I've got a deadline, which I'm just about to meet for one of them indeed. Um, and a couple of other things that, that are still on the go um, on the back of those sorts of conversations. And it also meant I met a few people that I wouldn't have met before either. And I suppose that's the second part of this. Um, one of the accountability groups that I'm in, um, I just randomly was put in a breakout group with somebody last year who is an author and she'd written a book about networking. And this is a little bit meta or self-referential, I guess, because we were in a networking group talking about networking. And one of the things we do with our students is encourage them to think about broadening their networks. Um, so my colleague had written this book about networking for business. And I thought, oh, is there anything we can do with that to take it, take it a bit further, maybe take it into the institutions that we work with? Um, so I made a few con contacts and a few people were interested. And then I thought, hang on, why don't we take that book and adapt it for our students? So the first idea was let's just put a different cover on it and call it good, and then our students will be attracted to it. And then once I delved into the material, I thought if we did a little bit of rewriting of this, maybe it would be even more applicable to our students. We got a few students on board, a few staff on board, and within about five weeks, we'd pretty much taken the book apart and, and put it back together again. And we gave it to all of our graduates last year. So that was the first part of exposure. I've never written a book before, um, never thought of writing a book before. So um, that was definitely on the back of the opportunity to speak to somebody that I wouldn't have met if we, would, we were still in, in old times. So it was definitely a, a COVID benefit, I would say. I love that. And, and your husband is an author, right? Yes, he is. Yeah, he's a, he's a fiction writer. Yeah, he's, he's a, he's a first-time author and his first book was out in August. And um, it's called Certified, and it's based around um, three of life certificates that we get. So birth certificate, marriage certificate and death certificate. So oh. it's three stories in one. And um, it's a story that um, he and I met about 10 years ago. And it was a story he was considering writing then, but didn't. So um, we both joined um, a group called Write That Book by the uh, business author Michael Heppel in the UK. And... Um, I was determined to join. He was possibly keen on joining, wasn't so sure. And I tried to encourage him anyway. He absolutely ran with it. And his book came out in August um, and he sold about 500 copies, I think, at this stage. So he's getting some really good, really good feedback. Wow. I, I brought that up because I think it's interesting that you had never thought about writing a book. So seems like you guys were both writing in the same year and both maybe working on exposure that you didn't even 
really think about before that. You never thought about writing a book. So that's awesome. So you took this book apart, you put it back together, you gave it to your students. What else? Because you started a journey of writing your own book last year as well. That's coming out on the day this episode releases. Yeah, there's something I do like coincidences. So it's quite exciting that we've we've got that. So yeah, my book is due out next week. Um, My book's called 16 Days. And it's a part memoir, part kind of self-help book. Um, so sadly, my uh, my young niece, who was 22, uh, passed away January um, 2020, um, very suddenly and unexpectedly. And um, being her auntie, I was in this rather strange position of needing to support lots of other people who were very close to her, as I was, um, but also needing some support myself. And I struggled to find books that would help me again being an academic the first thing I did was let's read a book let's try and find out what we can do in this situation um, and there are many many books out there but many of them are written from a perspective of sadly parents who've lost children um, books are written about um, people who've lost their life partner or their spouse um, there's very little written or little I could find written around if you're in one of those kind of outer circles of grief as I described it where you find yourself in this position of being the supported and the supporter. So I decided to write the book and the the name of it is 16 days, because that's the number of days between her death and the funeral, because some rather unusual things happened. Um, Some funny things happened, some sad things happened. And I just wanted to record that in some way. Um, um, Alongside it, there's some advice and some supportive things that people who are in that, that position may be able to do for other people. Because one of the main things people said to us was, I don't know what to do, or I don't know what to say. Um, And I think many, many people can identify with that. And I think the book would help people possibly know what to say um, if they were in that situation themselves. It's it's not formulaic. Obviously, grief is very, very individual and and people experience shock and grief in, in all sorts of different ways. And they're all they're all the right way. Um, so I, I, I don't profess to telling people exactly what to do, but it just gives some hints and ideas of some very practical, helpful things that people did that helped us, um, which I think were worth passing on. You know, I, I'm a firm believer in there are no coincidences, but I feel like this kind of is a little bit of a coincidence. I actually lost my brother when he was 20. I was three years older than him mm-hmm. um, to leukemia. And, you know, I have talked with a lot of people over the years, that was over 20 years ago, and people always say, I don't know what to say, or I don't know what to do. And then later, um, my family's friends, who were very close, I've known them my entire life, they lost their older son. And one of the first things my mom said to them, which is funny now, but they were like, what? they said, I don't know what to do. And my mom said, clean out your fridge. And they were like, what? And she's like, people are coming over with food, clean out your fridge. And for us, like when we, when, when I lost my brother, like all these people just showed up and they had food, we had food everywhere. It was like this unintended, this thing that we didn't know was going to happen. And so Now I can laugh about it because that was one of the things, one of the pieces of advice she gave this family. And it it was 
kind of strange at the time, but, but funny, but I think your book, you know, people want to help during a time of loss and they just don't know how to do that. And sometimes they end up saying things that are, that are hurtful that they don't know are hurtful just because they've never been through it. So I, I love that you put this in a, in a book and that time between the death and actually the funeral is such a, a, uh, odd space it's like there there's this it's a blur and then also it it sometimes brings closure when the funeral happens or, or brings out the the grief so I love that you put this book together and it comes out on the day this episode comes out so there there really are no coincidences I'm, I'm so sorry to hear about your, about your brother it's such a sad sad story um and I can't imagine what that must have been like like for you either um, but I think you're right in terms of people wanting to do something. And um, one of my chapters actually is called um, Is She Eating? Because that was a question that was asked um, of, uh, of me about my sister, um, my, my niece's mum. Uh, is she eating? And I said, yeah, she's just about to tuck into a big shepherd's pie, actually, because someone had left something on the step. Um, and yeah, people did some very, very kind and generous things in that way. And that's just what you need. Um, I think one of the challenging things that people... Uh, because they're quite tentative is they sort of ask quite a lot of questions you know uh, or will say let me know if there's anything you need and you can't think about what you need except perhaps the person back um so i i think it's helpful to come up with some really concrete i'm going to do this or i'm, I'm going to do this or this um and i'll do it then and, and show up then and i found that the most helpful just to kind of lighten that cognitive load really. Um, I've got enough decisions to make about very big things. So just try and minimize that for me if you can. Yeah. Yeah. And I think everybody's grief is very different. And you know, I know you went through it as um as you called it kind of the circle. And everybody's grieving, no matter how close people are to somebody or aren't. And so just the fact that you've put out a book um, not only is an achievement for, for you, but also helping others to be able to have a resource. I know my dad read a lot of books after kind of like you mentioned and was searching for something to provide him comfort. So I hope that your book will provide comfort to others dealing with grief as well. I'm excited to get my hands on it and we'll link that in the bio as well so you can check out her book. Um, so switching gears a little bit, but staying on the topic of the word exposure, you accomplished a lot last year. You did a lot of different things. You decided that your word was exposure. You spoke at conferences. You re rewrote a book. You wrote a book. You supported your husband in writing a book. How did you track all those goals and all the things that you were working on to ensure that you met the deadlines and actually achieved them? That's a good question. Um, yeah, I think one of the main things I did, um, I'm, I'm in a couple of um, accountability groups, and I think that's really, really helpful to, um, to actually verbalise those goals, first of all, and to tell somebody you're going to do it and when you're going to do it by. And then really pick accountability partners who are going to be your cheerleaders, but also just going to help you out and give you a bit of a kick if you need it now and again. Um, and that's exactly what I had, certainly through my book writing um, accountability group. And also um, I'm part of a business mastermind group as well. And we meet monthly 
And the members of that were really helpful to me when I took particular challenges around the things that I was trying to achieve. Um, because what we do is try and sort of pull things apart and solve a problem from lots of different perspectives. And it just gives you a different view on things. So I think it was about really um, being clear what I wanted to achieve, first of all, at the, at the outset. Um, a couple of extra things snuck in there that I didn't expect, but that's all OK. But yeah, being clear from the start of what I want to achieve and then um, making sure I've got time bound, realistic goals that I can I can achieve. That's what does it for me, really. I love ticking things off. I love um, being able to um, demonstrate something's been achieved. So also noting what will what will done look look like. Um, because sometimes we can set ourselves goals which are a little bit too woolly and amorphous that you think actually have I done what I tried to do I'm not really quite sure um, writing a book is probably a more obvious one of those because in the end you get a book but there's lots of mini milestones along the way so is that going to be time spent is that going to be number of words you're going to do is that going to be the amount of research you're going to do um, so rather than thinking of the the final goal, try and sort of break that down. And I just did that kind of month by month, as simple as that. And then just tried to try to keep a track of what I was doing. And I wasn't always on track. Um, I'm no angel and it, it wasn't perfect. Um, but I did find opportunities to catch things up and, and to get where I wanted to be. And it was my target to launch um, 16 days on the 13th of January, because that's my niece's second anniversary. And that's an important date for me. Um, if I didn't do it, it probably wouldn't mean anything to anybody other than me, but it was my goal. Um, so I'm pleased that I've managed to managed to do that. You know, I I want to go back to this word exposure. You said this last year. You you probably had some ideas of what you wanted. You wanted to get out there. You you talked about that, but it didn't seem like you had every single thing that you needed to do that year. And I think sometimes when people sit down at the beginning of the year, they, they get really in their head, like, I need to have it all figured out for the entire year. But it sounded like you let that word guide your year as things came about, and you were able to take, take on some things that presented themselves because they fit along with your word. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, how did that word flex over the year? Yeah, definitely. That's, that's a really good point because um, in in the, the world, the world that I live in now, I think there are many, many opportunities, and I could do two times the amount of stuff that I do, or ten times the amount of stuff that I do. It's just time that is a limiting factor quite quite often. So it was when I was deciding between this or that that I would think, is this going to be exposure for me? And then I was thinking exposure first of all in the professional realm. And then exposure in terms of this kind of growing interest I had in writing about grief and, and where I was going with that personally. So I used it as a little bit of a uh, barometer, I would guess, to sort of say, OK, I'll choose between, between this or that. I did get a couple of opportunities to do some um, part time uh, roles on the side. So, again, in the academic world, you get opportunities to review papers for other people. You get a chance to um, assist with writing for, for other pieces. And I it helped me then pick and choose, okay, well, should I devote my time to this or that? Um, so I used the word in, in that way. And absolutely, I didn't have everything mapped out from January the 1st. That wasn't the case at all. This all began, as I say, back in uh, the end of 2019. Um, and maybe believe it or not, my, my issue there was I didn't have the confidence to write a post on LinkedIn. I hadn't even got to the stage where I had the confidence to write a post on LinkedIn about the career that I've 
I've been in for over 20 years. And I started with tiny baby steps and, and did that. And that got my confidence up. That got me interacting with various people. Um, so there, there would have been no benefit in starting in January saying, actually, I want to write my book and get that finished by then. It was baby steps. What can I do towards that? And it wasn't really until I, I'd started on the book programme in, in the November um, of, of, uh, of 2020. But I really, really hadn't... Um, really hadn't thought about, okay, when do I want to publish it? It was just a case of let's try and get some writing done and get the confidence up to get something written, first of all. And even having people read my writing, that was such a massive step to share what I'd written, first of all. So um, it was really a case of let's, um, let's go small first and let's get my confidence up and then let's move and let's see what we can do even further. So please, anybody listening, if you're thinking that, this came up with a, a pristine laminated printed plan um, that started in the beginning of January. It's much more messy than that. And I enjoyed the fact that it was messy. I love it. You use the term barometer and, you know, messy. And I think many times what people get stuck in is they're like, well, I have to have it all figured out by January 5th or that can't be what I do. And this word allowed you to ebb and flow throughout the year it also helped you to say no to things that maybe really didn't fit. It didn't mean you had to say no, but it gave you the permission to let that go or to not, not pursue that because you, you can't do everything as you mentioned. So I love that you use the term barometer because I, I think many times people set a word and can really use that word throughout the year as things change and life changes and things happen to go back to what they're really set out to do. So I love that. So what tips would you share for people as they're setting their big goals and trying to achieve those for the year? What would you, if you were to give out some tips to the listeners, what would be your top tips? I think maybe um, think with a goal in mind. So what, what, what is your, what is your why? Um, you know, and this isn't my words, obviously, but what, what is your why? What is, what are you aiming towards doing? What are you trying to achieve? So rather than the, the action in itself, what are you trying to do to, to achieve that? So I wasn't really too bothered about writing a book, first of all, but I wanted to share my story about my grief, uh, partly to help me process it and partly because it might help other people. So um, think about why, why you want to do the thing you want to do. So what, what will you, where will your goal come from? Um, what will be the impact when you've done it? How will you feel when you've done it? And then do some of that visualization around how you will, how you'll feel when you've, you've accomplished it, when you've, when you've completed that goal. And then another group that I'm in um, talk about 90 day plans and sort of massive action plans around 90 days. And that's a very popular way of, of sort of breaking the year down. Because as you say, um, anybody panicking at this stage, thinking, oh, we're two weeks into the year, therefore I've not started. So that's the end of the year over. That's that's not true. Um, you can restart again every month, which is the way that seems to work really well for me just now. Or, as I say, 90 days is a really good chunk of time to get your teeth into something and then take some action and then step back and review and then off you go again. So I've got a few um, colleagues that I work with who, who definitely plan their, plan their um, life around that, as well as obviously planning our work quarters. You know, a lot of our businesses operate on quarters as well. So think about what's going to work for you. Do you, do you want that kind of monthly short sprint and then take a stock check and then come back? Or would you like something a little bit of a longer run to it? 
Um, but that would be my advice really thinking about what are you trying to achieve and why do you want to do that? And then what will be the tiny steps that you can take? And then what are the time periods that are realistic for you to, to fit in with those? Yeah, I love the idea of 12 week sprints or I think there's a book called the 12 week year. A lot of people like that book and really breaking it up and chunking it. Because when you think about the year for some of these big things, they might not even be able to be accomplished in a year. But if you do 12 weeks of time and break it up and then take some breaks in between, it makes it more manageable. Um, and I know a lot of people want to write a book and because they understand the process of that. But as they start to, to dive into that, they realize there's so many steps. And you, you mentioned that the first step for you was just being confident and showing other people you're writing. And so sometimes people get caught up in, well, I'm not making enough progress or I'm not able to publish the book in six months, but really celebrating the wins for you. You know, it's different for everyone. And for you, your first win was showing somebody what you wrote and being okay with the feedback probably that you received. Definitely. So now I would love to hear um, if somebody wanted to work with you or connect with you, what's the best way to do that? So probably um, via LinkedIn is probably the easiest way to, to find me. I'm more than happy to, to connect with people and to just have discovery conversations about how we may be able to, to support each other. Um, I do have a website as well. And on my website, you can find out a little bit more about my um, academic work as well as my, um, my book writing and my um, early career um, worker as well around grief recovery. I've recently become um, a grief recovery specialist and I've just started to do some work with clients with some really good outcomes from that. So yeah, either via my website, I've got a contact page on there or via LinkedIn would be great. I'd love to hear from anybody who thinks uh, we could work together successfully. Great, and we'll link that in the show notes. I am curious, what's your word for 2022? Okay, I've not quite settled on it, which I suppose is a good example of I don't need to know it by the 1st of January. Yes. But I'm, I'm wavering around consistency or presence. Um, consistency, the reason why I'm hesitating is consistency sounds a little bit boring um, because I felt like I achieved quite a lot last year. So consistency gives the impression that I just want to bob along this year, which isn't the case at all. Um, but presence, again, is, feels like a step forward from exposure. So um, the reason why I want to be consistent is because I think one of the things I don't do so well at is I um, throw everything into something and then I, I get tired of it and then I move on and, and do something else. So um, consistency from that point of view would be things like my social media accounts and stuff like that and keep, keep things, keep that consistent. But again, that's where the presence comes from, because I think what I really mean is having that presence so that. I am the person people will think to come to if they want to talk about uh, grief or experiences around bereavement. I am the person they might want to talk to around academic development if I'm talking about my, my kind of day job. So I think it's presence, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to get my bracelet made in the next couple of weeks and I will decide upon it then, I think. I love the idea of a bracelet. And the good news is whatever word you choose, it doesn't need to mean anything to anyone but you. So it can, it can be whatever you want it to be. I just loved uh, our conversation today around everything that you achieved last year. I'm so excited to get my hands 
on your book. I think it's so needed for many people going through grief. And I love that it's manifested that came from your really working on your word exposure last year. And it just shows that when you use a framework to ebb and flow throughout the year, how much you actually can achieve when you're focused on that. So I I love this conversation and this idea of being able to manifest your dreams after a year. Thank you very much. All right, everyone, please feel free to connect with Victoria on LinkedIn. We'll put the show notes in there and grab her book. Um, It's coming out on the day this episode comes out, which is very um, coincidence or serendipitous. And I know that 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 was an unfortunate incident in her life. And I hope that you are all able to learn and grow from it. Let's uh, check in at the end of 2022 and see all that you've accomplished, Victoria, in your year. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. All right, everyone, have a great day and definitely grab that book. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast, where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. I always love to support my community. So feel free to text the word goal to 480-530-5368. Again, 480-530-5368 and the word goal. And then tell me all about your goals and dreams. Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you crush your goals this year.